When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. My dear friends, PMP exam aspirants, I wanted to go over a roadmap with you so that you'll understand what it takes to get PMP certified and this will guide your studying as you ramp up for the exam. Let me make it perfectly clear that the very first thing I would work on knowing for this exam is not the PMBOK guide sixth or seventh. In fact, when I train the PMP course, I start off with the concept and the understanding of agility. So I want to propose to you that the very first thing you want to hammer down on is agile. Now, when we talk about agile, there are different facets of agile. There are different aspects that you need to master. And the very first thing that I want to recommend as you get ready for this exam is the Agile Manifesto. That's right. I need for you to hone in on the Agile Manifesto. I have got tons of videos about the Agile Manifesto, and I think this will help you. So first thing is the Agile Manifesto. you got to understand the values and the principles. Hardcore, really, really good. And then when you have begun to master the understanding of the manifesto, the next step that I would recommend is for you to read the PMI's Agile Practice Guide. You've got to read the Agile Practice Guide because this is PMI's publication, and it also has great insights into the world of flow-based Agile, iteration-based Agile, the STACY model, PMI's continuum of life cycles, servant leadership, practices of Agile that PMI deems important, team charters, social contract, team contract, ground rules, team agreements, and so on. Not to mention the radar chart for agility in that book. So Agile is huge. The next thing I want to recommend that you do in preparation for this exam is to hone in on the most popular Agile framework. The most popular Agile framework is Scrum. I would really love for you to spend some time understanding the intricacies of Scrum by reading the Scrum Guide by Ken Schwaber and Jeff Sutherland. You can find this at scrumguides.org. 
that's a 13-page document used by 12 million people compared to a 750-page book, the PEMBOK guide, that is used by ops 5 million. Do you see the economies of scale? Scrum is lightweight, but it's difficult to implement. And that is why I don't want you to take Scrum for granted. I want you to really study it and understand the nuances that will help you. So you got to understand the three five, three configuration for Scrum. Three roles, five events, three artifacts. Three roles, five events, three artifacts. You got to understand how Scrum is based on the concept of empiricism, transparency, inspection, and adaptation. So you got to understand how the three, five, three is woven together. And don't get it wrong, my friends. Even though this is Ken Schwaber and Jeff Sutherland's invention, this is tested in many ways on the exam. It's the most popular agile framework, my friends. So you need to understand the roles, right? Understand the scrum master role, understand the product owner role, understand the developers. What do they do? And understand that the PMI uses different language. So on the exam, I just be straight up honest and tell you that almost everything says you are a project manager. Even when you're in the world of Agile, it still says you are a project manager. It's crazy. You're in the world of Scrum. It may still mention project manager instead of Scrum master. You could say team lead. So you, you got to get used to PMI's quirkiness in their world of Agile then you need to spend time understanding the product backlog, who owns it, the sprint backlog, and the PSI, the potentially shippable increment. Spend time understanding this because it is going to help you with your general idea of how agile practices are applied, okay? Then you got to understand the events, sprint planning, the daily scrum, the sprint review, the retrospective. And of course, don't forget that the sprint itself is a container for everything else. These are the things I need you to really know well, my friends, because there is so much distraction with the 49 processes, which by the way are amazing. I love that stuff. But since PMI started blending the exam with Agile, there has been less of a focus on the 49 processes named verbatim and the five process groups and the 10 knowledge areas. And there's been a whole lot of emphasis on Agile. So to understand Agile really well, my friends, again, you got to understand Scrum, one of the most popular frameworks used in the world. With that out of the way, <laughs> the next thing you need to understand is the world of predictive project management. Because we've talked about Agile, you now need to understand predictive project management. Note, I did not use the foul word waterfall. And when I say foul, I say it's foul in the context of the abuse that it's received. 
there's absolutely nothing wrong in the waterfall approach. But the reason why I call it foul is people equate waterfall to predictive. And waterfall is actually not entirely plan-driven without feedback loops. So let's not demonize waterfall. Anyway, that's for a different day. When it comes to predictive, I need you to spend some time in understanding the PMIs, you got it, five process groups. Understand what they mean, what they are, what the structure is about. There are five process groups in the world of PMI. This is what makes PMI unique. This is like the holy grail of PMI. If you are looking to take PMI's exam, then you got to know what has existed for decades. You got the five process groups. Understand what they mean at a reasonable level, okay? This is not difficult to internalize. Initiating, planning, executing, monitoring, and controlling, and closing. I prefer eating mangoes chilled. It's that simple, right? Then we have the 10 knowledge areas. Integration, scope, schedule, cost, quality, resources, communications, risk, procurement, and stakeholder. You got to understand what all of them mean, what they are, the sequence of events in each. Okay, that's for a different day. If you haven't watched my flowchart videos where I go through every knowledge area showing you the flow, the mentality, then you need to look for a link below because I want you to watch those offline. All right. Now we've talked about the predictive realm of the PMI. There are a few things you need to remember, right? And these are on page seven page 33 as well of PMBOK 6. And all this is, is the understanding of benefits. What is a benefit? What does value mean? What does a benefit mean? What is a needs assessment? What is a business case? What is a project charter? What came before the project charter? What is a benefits management plan? Who is in charge of it? What is in the benefits plan? Why do we need a benefits plan? All that stuff is loaded in these pages. I dare say 30 to 33 will give you a better understanding of the narrative, okay? Now, on top of this, you need to understand some of the intricacies. You need to understand page 89 of PMBOK 6, which talks about baselines. It also talks about project documents. It also talks about project plans. You need to understand the context of these narratives and words just so if you find them on your PMP exam, you're going to be able to tackle them effectively. The next thing I would like for you to do as you study for the predictive piece is understand PMI's philosophies. These philosophies are encapsulated in the PMBOK Guide 7th edition principles for project management. So we have 12 project management principles. This is in PMBOK 7, 12 principles. They are very straightforward and easy. I have so many videos on this channel 
anytime you're looking for content on a particular project management topic, just search on YouTube, Praiseon, the name of the company, and then the name of whatever you're looking for. Praiseon Project Charter, Praiseon Project Management Plan, Praiseon 12 Principles, and it will come up. The next thing you need to understand at a macro view, my friends, is the PMBOK 7 domains. Understand it at a high level. I have the eight domains talked about on this channel quite a number of times. Go through it and understand it. You don't need to spend a full week with a boring instructor in a dimlit, dingy classroom. <laughs> you don't. All you need to do is find my videos and watch them. And boom, 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 you're done. You don't need to spend inordinate amounts of time as some people make you, okay? And I'm very passionate about this because I believe in getting the best bang for your buck. So if you're spending 40 hours, 35 hours in a classroom and all people are showing you for the PMP exam is ITTOs and enterprise environmental factors, and organizational process assets. Well, uh, that's probably not the best use of your time. You want to let them know your buddy Phil said that that is one of the most ridiculous wastes of time for someone getting ready for the exam. You know what I would rather you do? I would rather you do, oh, just hang on. I'm going to tell you before we get to the end, I will tell you what I would rather have you do. So that's it for predictive. The next thing that I need you to do to really knock this exam into the middle of next week, what I need you to do, someone says, Phil, that sounds a little bit, a little bit aggressive. You got to be aggressive with this exam. Do you know how many casualties there have been from this exam? Come on now, I've been doing this for 18 years. You know what I've seen? <laughs> I've seen a lot. That's why I'm fired up about this stuff and I don't want you to waste your time. I want you to ace the test but I want you to do it in an efficient manner. All right. So we're talking about hybrid and I want you to understand that the best way to master hybrid again is in the APG. You need to understand the narrative that PMI puts in the Agile Practice Guide. To double back down on pages 27 forward, understand what hybridization means and be able to shape shift a shapeshifter changes like a chameleon. You change your color, but you also change your form. I need you to be a shapeshifter. So I need you to read Agile Practice Guide, pages 27, 28, 29. I need you to hone in on those pages because that will give you a good idea of what hybridization means. There are ways you can combine predictive and agile to get the best of both worlds. Are you beginning to see how this stuff is interwoven, my friends? The next thing that I need you to do for every single one of these areas is to understand this perspective. Everything is based on the understanding of a body of knowledge that PMI started off with, okay? The PMI started off with the knowledge areas back in the day. 
And if you ever wanted to find your way home, <laughs> like Spider-Man in the Marvel franchise is trying to find his way home. Well, you're trying to find your way home. And guess where home is? It's on the screen in the middle. Someone said no way home. Yes, way home. There's a way home. I'm, I'm going to show you the way home. It's in your impeccable shape-shifting understanding of the areas of knowledge. You've got to be able to shape-shift between the world of agile, predictive, and hybrid. Watch this very carefully, okay? I'm going in on the overarching thoughts for the exam. It still is anchored on integration. How do you integrate in an agile environment? Who does the integration? It's the team in the world of agile. But in the world of predictive, it's the project manager. So integration is huge. It is really big on the exam because this is the only knowledge area that the project manager is expected to do. Okay. The next thing I want you to look at from a very unique lens is the world of risk management. Risk management is very similar to integration in that it touches everything. Schedule risk, cost risk, scope risk, stakeholder risk, communication risk, procurement risk, everywhere risk, quality risk. So when you're taking a look at this exam, pay very close attention, not only to integration, but also to risk. And that's why I would say risk is a huge pillar that you should pay attention to and understand how do I tackle risk from a predictive standpoint? How do I tackle risks? according to the PMBOK guide, seven things in risk. Plan risk management, identify risks, perform qualitative risk analysis, perform quantitative risk analysis, plan risk responses, implement risk responses, monitor risk. But in the world of agile, how do I tackle that? Now, I know you're wondering, Phil, this is great, but I also want to let you know there's more. And to get more of the narrative, I need you to do one simple thing. I'm going to put it right here. If you need more of this content, I need you to go on down to this hyperlink, hpmexam.com. hpmexam.com is your gateway to blowing this stuff up in four hours and getting your insurance fix for the PMP exam. What do I mean by that? When I say insurance fix, my friends, I want you to know that I have a special recipe that starts off with a four-hour boot camp, and then we build on that through a lifetime access course to get you over 37 hours of education in project management. And we get you to pass the PMP exam and after that, I build you up some more in the world of leadership. And I invite you to my four-month course on leadership after you get certified. So this is a one-of-a-kind solution 
I don't just want you to get certified. I want you to kill the game. So you got to go on down to hpmexam.com in order to sign up for my program before the PMP. And even if you are a PMP, you can still go to hpmexam.com, check out the solution. And if you want the lifetime access PMP course, you can also get that along with life after the PMP. Okay. So as I said, integration and risk are huge. But another huge piece of the exam that I need you to really hone in on is the aspect of scope. Ah, why do I say scope? Well, scope is huge because if your scope is loose, you could have a problem in predictive. But if your scope is firmed up, then you are better kitted to run in a predictive manner. I want you to look up the Stacy complexity model. And I want you to understand that there's a business case for agile, but there's also a business case for predictive. And the business case for predictive is if the scope, watch this, is well defined. If the scope has been done before, if you have experience, then you could use a predictive approach. You get what I'm saying? But you got to understand the way we manage risks, the way we manage integration, the way we manage scope is different in the world of agile. And I'm going to be talking about that at my course, PMP exam immersion. Okay, so this is just to get you into the right frame of mind. The next thing that I need you to be heavily aware of and the nuances in how we tackle these in both worlds is the world of schedule management. Schedule management could be tackled in a certain way from a predictive lens, but in the world of agile, we run by iterations. And then we have flow-based agile where we don't have the strict regularity of cadences. And then we have iteration-based agile that's a little bit stricter. The next thing I wanna point out to you, my friends, is on top of scope and schedule, you also need to be well aware of the cost factor. A lot of people think their exam is gonna be filled with earned value. I'm here to tell you it's actually not. The PMI isn't as gung-ho on earned value as they were like a decade ago. Now, the earned value is very sparse on the exam. It's definitely nothing like it was in my time. In my time, you don't get unvalued down. You're going to be hobbling away by the time the examiners are done with you. All right, let's move on to the next thing. So I've talked about the triple constraint, but there's one more aspect that keeps coming up where the triple constraint is concerned. And that, my friends, is the aspect of quality and the way we manage quality in the world of predictive is different from how we do it in the world of agile. You see, in the world of agile, quality is baked in inherently into everything you do right from the get-go. Whether you are in the middle of story writing or you're in the middle of creating a vision board or you're in the middle of creating a roadmap or you're in the middle of working in your iteration, quality always comes up either in a meeting or in the practices, the retrospective is a quality check for the team's process. So your thinking 
needs to be one of a shape shifter. Like I said, when you look at quality and you got plan quality management, manage quality, control quality in the world of predictive, but in the world of agile, we have the mindset of Kaizen, the continuous improvement thing. Kaizen, not just for the team, but Kaizen for you as an individual. You get what I'm saying, my friends? Important, important stuff. So those of you PMBOK scholars, we've talked about integration, scope, schedule, cost, quality. You know what's missing. It's resources. We have to think about the resources on the project. Resources, the way we call them in the world of predictive. In the world of agile, we use the word team. And when it comes to the physical resources, we really don't spend all that much time thinking about them in the framework discussions of Scrum, for example, right? But that is not to say they are not in the background. They are in the background. Another huge thing that comes up in the world of Agile is communications, because we're communicating all the time. The team is always communicating daily. The daily Scrum is a forum to do that. The retrospective, the sprint review, these are all vehicles for communicating. So again, you got to be a shapeshifter thinking about, okay, how did I tackle this here? How am I going to tackle this there? And so on and so forth. The next one that I want to call your attention to, my friends, is one that is super important. And without this area, you would struggle in any environment. Whether you're in the world of agile or you're in the world of predictive, this area reigns supreme. And this is the stakeholder. The stakeholder reigns supreme because without your stakeholder, you will have a job. And when I say stakeholder, you know your customer is one of the stakeholders. So the concept of stakeholder is very important. And it says business people and developers should work together daily. Who do you think the business people are? It's, it's the stakeholders. It's the people in the functional silos. It's the people outside of the firm that might be able to influence the project and so on and so forth. So when you are taking a look at this image, you can see how I introduced the narrative of all of these integration, scope, schedule, cost, quality, resources, communications, risk, procurement. Procurement. How do you tackle procurement in the world of agile? Again, I need you to hone in on certain pages in the Agile Practice Guide. One of the pages you can get some good information about procurement is page 77. So when it comes to procurement in Agile, take a look at page 77. Keep your eye on the dynamic scope option. It's definitely one you want to hone in on, okay? But as far as putting it on the map, you bet I'm going to put procurements on the map. Procurements are very important. And the way we tackle this from a more agile mindedness is understanding that our vendors are partners. These are people who we don't look at as, well, they're just from outside the firm and yeah, they don't have, they don't really have as much as say in how we do things. They're not really that important. Are you kidding? Stakeholders are big when it comes to vendors because if a vendor messes up, if a supplier messes up, your project could be toast. 
So we are going to put over here the concept of your vendors, your vendors, your sellers, and that is the world of procurement. So we're going to put procurement here. Now, I often hear from people getting ready for the exam. They say, Phil, this procurement stuff, fixed price, cost reimbursable, time and material. How much time do I need to spend with that? Am I going to get a lot of questions on it? And I just tell them, while it's important to study, you don't want to obsess over these things because you very well may not get that many questions on fixed price, cost reimbursable, time and materials. Okay. The next big thing that I need you to do, I absolutely need you to do this one, my friend, is to hone in on the ECO, exam content outline. If you haven't heard about it, you want to Google it. It's called the PMP exam content outline. And in the PMP exam content outline, you've got 35 tasks. And these tasks are actually what your exam is based on. So, of course, you should read the PMP exam content outline. But like I said, this is something I'm going to be covering. Everything that you see here, I am going to be covering with you, my friends, such that in a few hours, we are going to be done and dusted with the entire curriculum. And you know what I'm going to do after that? I am going to give you a boatload of questions to practice. Okay, so again, go to hpmexam.com because the next boot camp we are going in. It's just a few days away. It's on Saturday. Okay, so I need you to go there, sign up. I'm going to give you a boatload of questions. You're going to have three mock exams. You're going to have many other smaller exams to take, but it's going to be based on the PMP exam content outline. Okay, so let's go through everything mentally. You got to get good with Agile. You got to get good with Scrum. You got to get good with Predictive. You got to get good with Hybrid. You got to get good with the knowledge areas of integration, scope, schedule, cost, quality, resources, communications, risk, procurement, and stakeholder. Okay. Then if you are struggling, you need to be on my program, not only because it's going to help you for the PMP, but it's going to help you with success after the PMP. So this thing here right in the middle, right here in the center, that's our aspiration, right? That's our goal. We want to get certified for sure. Yes, yes, yes. We want to want to get PMP certified. But you got to remember your buddy Phil is telling you PMP is the beginning. So we got to take it up a notch. Okay. Now I'm not done. I also want to make it clear your PMP exam is contingent heavily on what you expect and how you navigate those expectations during the exam. So what am I saying? I'm going to put this in red. I'm going to put a few red post-its here because these are the things that are going to absolutely cement your success. Okay. So let's go in on the last few things that are going to cement your success. And these are super, super important, which is why they are in red. Yes. 
So the very first thing that you you absolutely need to get good at, like super good at, if you want to ace your exam, is the concept. Watch this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Of time management on the exam. Now, why am I so big on time management? I'm big on this because I've heard from a number of my students that they were not able to handle the 230 minutes properly. So they ended up not finishing all the questions and it almost hurt them. Some people, it actually did hurt them. So your, your ability to manage time during the exam is big. The next one that I feel is absolutely humongous is the concept of situational questions. And I'm putting it down here as SITU quest, because I'm trying to tell you that your situational question prowess needs to be on par with the exam. Some people don't know the exam isn't really going to test you on, well, you're creating a project charter. Which process is this? It's not going to test you on that. It's not going to test you on that stuff. It's going to test you more on Phil is a project manager in a large size organization. He was hired by the PMO. He's managing a software implementation project. There has been a change in a feature from a stakeholder. What should he do next? Or the stakeholder has called him requesting a change to a feature that was agreed on by the product owner and the team. What should Phil, the project manager, do next? Those are the kind of questions you're going to get. So if you're not spending time going through copious situational questions, you're doing it wrong. And that's why I have situational questions here on my hit list for you to actually spend some good time with situational questions and thinking about time management on this exam. Do you copy what I'm saying? I hope you do. All right. The next aspect that I really need you to get and this might sound humorous, but I'm showing you an end-to-end -end map of everything that will contribute. Think about this as a mind map for your success. The big thing that a lot of people forget is sleep. And because you didn't get a good night's sleep, your brain is mush. You go in there, you can't think. It's pathetic. Some people who know the material, they know everything, but they're not able to think. You know, the exam is like 90% your ability to think on the day of. It's not about how good you are. It's about how good you can think at that particular time. And if you're not at that height of thought, the ability to process information, you're going to find it hard. So getting a good night's sleep, working on situational questions, being able to manage time on the exam, this is massive, my friends. Okay, I'm going to show you three more things, and then I'm going to ask you to go on down to hpmexam.com and sign up for the program, okay? 
So this next one, I'm going to use a different color of post-it. And I believe it is very important. But the ones that I put in red are like so super important. So let's go ahead and put this in some yellow post-its. We're going to use yellow here. All right. And the next thing I want you to think about is the three pillars for this exam. There are three pillars for this exam. And um, I'm doing this intentionally. I'm not bunching them together because I really want you to recall what I'm talking about. And being able to move across the board is a strategy. I'm trying to get you to hone in on what I'm saying. Okay. So hear me out on these last three. Three left. Three left. Okay. The exam is based on three important components. And these components, you know where I'm going with this. People, you got to understand the concept of leadership, conflict resolution, all that people stuff. People is huge. So I, I need you before you go into the exam to really say, hmm, have I gotten down the people domain? Did I get that down really well? Do I understand conflict and leadership and the whole EI thing? Do I understand decision-making? Do I understand problem resolution? Am I able to work through situational questions from a people standpoint very well or not? Then you need to ask yourself the 50% of the exam that PMI says is process. How good am I with process? You can see I've jumped across to the other side of the board here. Process, okay? So you got to ask yourself, am I good with people? Am I good with process? Then we go in for the kill. This is 8% that you don't want to leave on the table. This is the business domain. Don't leave money on the table for PMI. Or you'll have to retake the test. <laughs> you don't want that. So don't leave 8% on the table. Some people say, I just want to do the minimum to pass the exam. That's dumb. Don't aim for the minimum. Aim for the maximum. Les Brown says, shoot for the moon. And even if you miss, at least you'll land among the stars. You want to land, you want to land close to the moon, not, not so far flung from it that you're going to have to retake. No, we don't want that. So again, my friends, people process business. Think about it like a connecting triangle of sorts, because this is this is really what your exam is about. It's like, am I able to effectively manage people and how they relate in the world of business? Am I able to effectively manage business and how it relates to process? You get what I'm saying? Am I able to handle people and how they relate to process? So you got to think, People, integration, scope, quality, schedule, cost, stakeholder, scrum, agile, predictive, hybrid, the exam content outline, and all of these things, your sleep, situational questions, how you're able to manage time, all of these, my friends, are eventually going to lead you when done properly, when you're taking the situational questions, when you're spending time, quality time on your PMP game, you will get here. PMP 
Nirvana, PMP land of success. And my friends, I need you to understand that I have vehicles in place to help you because not everyone is able to take the PMP exam without a lot of coaching and handholding. So I'm saying it one more time. For a very minuscule cost compared to the quality of tutelage you're going to get from me. Someone who has trained and coached thousands of companies and people worldwide through my work online and my work in person. You understand that you're getting the best of the best. Someone who has stayed true to the world of the PMI and has contributed to PMBOK 4, 5, 6, 7. Someone who has contributed to other publications as a final reviewer. You want to understand that you're getting the best of the best. Okay? So again, I need you to go on down to the website. It's very simple. Simple instruction. It's hpmexam.com. And the reason why I say it's HPM is because it's a hybrid project management exam. If you're going down to hpmexam.com, my friends, you are going to be able to sign up not only for stellar PMP training, but also world-class leadership coaching for your life after the PMP exam. And the piece that is the leadership aspect, that on its own costs $399. You see what I'm saying? But if you jump on the wagon today, my friends, not only are you going to be able to take advantage of the PMP piece, you will be able to take advantage of the life after the PMP, which costs even more than this. So I need you to go on down to hpmexam.com. When you get to hpmexam.com, you're going to be able to sign up for the program at the current price. It has been very heavily reduced, and it's okay if you're watching this in 2024, 2025, beyond. There will always be vehicles to help you in your game. But what I'm saying is you're going to get a lifetime access course for the PMP, and you're going to get a lifetime access course for life after the PMP. Why wouldn't you want to take advantage of that? Huh? So where you need to go, again, it's HPM, as you can see on the screen, hpmexam.com. This is going to take you to success on the test. Do not miss a beat. Do not reconsider. You owe it to yourself, right, to invest in your career. If nothing else, you need to be on my leadership program. And my leadership program comes free with this. In fact, if you get certified quickly enough, you'll be able to join the live delivery of leadership for business professionals. That's right. I have an entire curriculum that I will invite you for no additional price. And th this is the program right here. It's the Business Professionals Leadership Club. I am going to teach you how to up your game after the PMP. And as you can see, the price of the program, this program, it's going to get to $7.99. But right now, it's $3.99. But you don't even need to pay that 
All you need to do is sign up for PMP coaching at hpmexam.com and then you'll get this for free. Isn't that crazy? This is a crazy offer. If this doesn't convince you to move to the next level in your world of project management by going down to hpmexam.com, I don't know what else will, and I don't know what else you'll be looking for, but hpmexam.com is your gateway to living large and being in charge. See you in the bootcamp, my friends. Some of you have already wisened up. You've already signed up. Thank you for that. I look forward to seeing you in the program. I wish you all the very best. Take care, and let's keep going.